Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205-913-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back. As we finish up this little two-part series called Take the Stairs, I really wish you and I could have a conversation. I would love to know how things went for you last week. If you did not hear last week's episode, I will recap it in a certain way in a moment, but I trust that you did and that you chose one of the eight qualities that are found in 2 Peter chapter 1, qualities that Christians not only have, but are purposefully developing. I pray that that was your experience last week and that you are ready this week to either choose that same quality again or pick another. We are going to talk about all of that early in today's episode. I will share a conversation with you that I had with a friend who tried this last week and expressed to you some of his conclusions as well as some of my own. But there are also two other sections that I want to introduce to you today, so it will break down into three pieces. I told you last week that Luke, my son, preached a sermon called Take the Stairs, and he started off like we did last week, talking about your individual responsibility to be disciplined. How it is that you need to be telling yourself, take the stairs. But his lesson went on to explore that there are other people in your life who will also say that to you. And those people are important. And sometimes they will direct you. And sometimes they will lead you. And sometimes they will make it to where you have no other option But to do the hard thing, we want to talk about how blessed you are if you have those kinds of influences in your life and how important it is that you draw close to people who help you do the little things that matter, who push you to overcome your own laziness. And sometimes they don't even give you a choice. And instead of lamenting them, maybe by the end of today's episode, you will thank them. We'll talk about hearing the words take the stairs from three different people, but let's recap last week by starting with you. No discipline coming from an outside source can do much good unless the person hearing it also is committed to self-discipline. In Luke's sermon a few weeks ago, he read from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, where the Apostle Paul speaks of himself in this way. I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. But I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. That sounds like taking personal responsibility to me. So that's really what we worked on last week. If there are things in your life that need to get better, Anything from obeying the speed limit laws to losing a few pounds to being more devoted to your church to growing in your relationship with God or 
getting a handle on your finances. It's not one huge decision that changes everything. It's about the daily choices. It's about doing small things, challenging little things that most people ignore or they don't think it will make a difference, but because you are mindful about it. Because every day it's on your mind to address that issue, to contribute to that growth. Because it's on your mind, you start seeing these things as opportunities. And then you are intentional about it. You don't just let it roll around in your mind for a week. You do something. You don't just say, you know, it really would be great if I'd start taking the stairs. You take them. And maybe you plan out things during the week that matter. And then, of course, direction. You know where you want to go. You know what better looks like. You have a vision for where this can be going, and you are excited about that vision. And so you take this journey, and you do things that other people won't. They're not huge, but they're consistent, and you start to see great results. Now, as I said last week, self-discipline can apply to any number of things, but I wanted you to apply it to your spiritual growth. So we looked at the eight things in 2 Peter chapter 1. You remember those. Faith, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. You were challenged to pick just one, to be mindful about it every day, to make real decisions as you will immediately begin to notice them around you that contribute to that thing and do so with this great sense of who you are becoming. So how did that go for you? I got a phone call this week from a friend. His name is Sean. He just moved here from Wisconsin, worships with us at Lindale, and I had preached on this a couple of weeks back, and he chose self-control, and he really went all in. He immediately started studying self-control throughout the New Testament. He typed out verses. He prayed about it every day. So he called me to tell me two things, and then I told him one thing. First, he said, Chris, I was surprised at how hard it was. It was like I picked the worst week ever to have self-control. It seemed like every day there was some opportunity to do the hard thing and to keep that control. He said, I really started to wonder if it was the devil. If the devil was like, okay, you want to be intentional about this? I'll be intentional about trying to stop you. But then he said something insightful. He said, or... Maybe this week was just like every other week. I just hadn't noticed those opportunities. I was flying right by, ignoring them, or doing the wrong thing, or at least missing out on opportunities to do the right thing, and so it made those weeks seem easy. And I think he's right about that. The second part, I'm not saying the devil wasn't a part of it, but awareness engaged difficulty. I had that same experience last week. I was working on godliness, reverence towards God, more God-focused walking and thinking. And at first, I thought maybe the devil was doubling down on trying to distract me. And then I realized, no, this is a week like every other week, except I'm trying to do a harder thing. And well, it's harder. And that's when it hits you. Whether it's walking 30 minutes a day or reading the Bible 30 minutes a day, or having someone over in your home every week, even if you have this great mentality, a terrific plan, and a supervision, it's hard. It takes discipline, but it's worth it. 
Sean said, here's a second observation. I can pinpoint three times this last week where I know I would have done the wrong thing. I've done it so many times before. But on those occasions, I controlled myself and I did what was right. Isn't that awesome? Already the work was worth it. Yes, it was more challenging than he expected it to be, but it also bore immediate results in his home, in his life. After listening to him for a while, I said, hey man, I have to make one extra observation. You focused on one thing out of eight, but it sounds like God used that to help you grow in three or four things. You were just working on self-control, but God increased your knowledge through your choice to study that word. God increased the love that you had for others by the way you controlled what you said. God began to show you the value of perseverance, sticking with it, and how it started to change the things around you. I hope that was your experience as well. I feel like it was for me. I set out to improve in godliness, and yet I feel like God was able to do a lot more with that than even I imagined. And I'm ready to re-up this week. Are you? Okay, let me add a second phase to today's episode. Telling yourself to take the stairs is great, but you must surround yourself with friends. You must have people in your life who tell you that you need to take the stairs. Maybe they're people who said, Chris, I've taken the stairs here and it made a difference and you need to do it also. Maybe it's a friend standing right next to you saying, let's take these stairs together. Or maybe it's someone who doesn't have that road to walk, but you need to walk it and they tell you, Chris, you've got to do this. It's important. You need people in your life like that. In a sense, it's a form of discipline coming from your peers. Maybe it's your parents or your preacher, but best of all is when it's coming from your inner circle of friends, which of course could include your parents or your preacher, but it is people that you have decided to trust, that you believe care about you, that know what they're talking about, and so when they try to help you with discipline, you appreciate it. Listen, not everyone in your life will be like that, I did an episode way back. It was the seventh one we ever did, early 2019, called Your Inner Circle. While there are a lot of people in your life, friends, families, neighbors, who are acquaintances, who you want to influence, who you try to help, who may occasionally help you along the way, your inner circle, the people closest to you, need to be people that you trust, people whose judgment you trust, people whose word you will hear. If you're trying to grow spiritually, you need to be close to people who are growing spiritually. This logically applies in every situation. If you're trying to get better health, then spend time around healthy people or people who are getting better. I remember a couple of quotes from that episode. There was an old Ohio State football player named Maurice Claret. Really made a mess of his life. Now he travels around the country speaking to young people, and his most Famous line is, you show me your friends, and I will show you your future. There's an author and public speaker named Jim Rohn who says something similar. He says, you will become the average of the five people with whom you spend the most time. And let me be clear here. I'm not saying abandon all of the projects in your life. If there are people who aren't growing spiritually, don't spend time with them. God wants you to spend time with them. He wants you to help them. But be mindful of this. You need help too. 
If you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, then spend the most time with five awesome people, if they'll let you hang out with them, that is. If you want to be more godly, go spend time with godly people. If you want to get your speeding under control, go hang out with Kyle Berry. That's a reference to last week. In some ways, and I guess I'm taking this to the next level, there are about 10 men in my life who I would allow to discipline me. Men who, if they came to my office and shut the door and sat down and said, Chris, here is where you've been lazy. Here is where you're letting opportunities be squandered. Here is where it's time to make a change. Do it. I would say, yes, sir. And I would do it. I want Luke to appreciate that about mom and dad because we want to see the best in him. And I hope that he will always surround himself with godly men who do the same. So why don't we make a little modification this week? Pick one of the qualities or something that's important to you, but go find a friend or two and share that with them. Tell them, say, this is what I'm working on and I want you to hold me accountable. And if you see opportunities I'm missing or things that I need to do, tell me, I need your help. All right, so as we get to this last phase of today's episode, I want to bring God into the picture. And I hope I can surprise you a little bit with what I'm going to say. I mean, it would be simple and true for me to say, look, God wants you to take the stairs. God wants you to have a mentality for more self-control or brotherly kindness. And God is telling you all of this through his word, which is true. He is always there disciplining us through instruction. And in truth, a lot of the things that I need to grow in as a Christian are right there on the pages of the word of God. And so while I'm telling myself, Chris, you need to do better. And I surround myself with friends who say the same every time I open the word, the example of Jesus. The instruction of the prophets of the New Testament is telling me the same thing. But I want to go a different direction. Luke and I worked on this, and he made it the ending of his lesson a few weeks ago. He did the three phases. He said, first of all, discipline yourself. Second of all, accept discipline from your peers and those who love you. And third, accept the discipline of God. He read from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 and following, It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them but he disciplines us for our good so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. That last bit is super cool because it feeds the point we started with last week. I know it's not easy. I know a lot of these decisions like holding your tongue or going and doing the things that need to be done are hard, but they are fairly small and manageable and doable. And while they're not joyful, after they have trained you, you become someone different. And that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to become someone trained by it who begins to bear this righteous fruit in his name. I do not think this text is about punishment. 
Sometimes when we think about discipline, we think about getting a spanking because we did something wrong when we were little. That's not what this text is about. And this text is not just about reading the word and being told to do difficult things. Listen to me carefully on this. This text is about Christians who underwent persecution. This text is about Christians who had no escalators. They were all broken or gone. There were no easy roads. There was no shortcut. There was only stairs. There was only a hard road. Life was very difficult, and they're wondering, why is it so hard? Why must I go through all of this? Why does it require so much? And God is saying, it's because that's the way it needs to be. I need you to go through this. I need you to labor through this for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of your soul. And so I want to speak to you if life is very hard. You've been listening to these last two episodes and you're like, Chris, I wish I had a choice. When it comes to my marriage, when it comes to where I work, when it comes to what I'm facing with my health, when it comes to the situation that I'm in, it sure would be nice to have an escalator as an option. I don't even have any easy roads. I can't even afford to be lazy. Life is hard. I'm being pushed and tempted and challenged. And while that may be the devil, and you can lament the blows that he's getting in in your life, I just want you to understand that sometimes it is God at work. I don't mean through tempting you to sin or evil that's all around your life, but sometimes in life, God makes sure the escalators are broken. He eliminates all the easy pathways because he knows that you have the capability of doing the hard thing. If you're in a marriage where it's constantly downward spiraling by mutual bad behavior, he's not going to cause the other person to change. He's going to change that person by the stairs that you take, by the challenges you face, by your willingness to be mindful about the work that needs to be done. No, you don't have an option right now, but that's because God knows you can do this. And if you are intentional about facing it, about fighting through it, and that is where God has put you, he will fight with you. And when you look back from where he wants you to be, you will be thankful for the road that he required that got you there. As we close, I just think it's important to remember that heaven is a place of rest. This is a place where we work, where we honor God, and where we draw people to Jesus by our words and our actions and our walk. I don't know about you, but I'm going to need some help. So whether it's words I tell myself or words from friends or even from the providence of God himself, I accept the challenge of these words. Do you take the stairs? Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. And if you're just in search of deeper Bible study or you want to share the message of Jesus with the children in your life, remember to go to creationtorevelation.com. This wonderful company run by Christians provides beautiful illustrations of scripture from beginning to end, putting the spotlight on Jesus. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still 
more.